Good evening. We are at the Sunday coming up on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. And uh, today's message is The Call to Follow is the title. And if we had subtitles, it would say with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Uh, we're going to read from Luke chapter 5 today. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we read your living word today, fill us with your spirit, fill us with understanding Lord, we love you so much. Just let us be able to know and understand your word. Let it be living inside of us, Lord, how it applies to us. Touch us, move us, guide us, and direct us. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed around him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. And saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put it out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And when they came, they filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. And so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Lord, we thank you for your living word. Before we uh, get too much into the word today, I want to I paint a little picture. This is something really cool I read um, as I was studying and researching for this sermon today and we look at the beginning of chapter 5 here, um, we see that Jesus is walking by the lake of Genesaret. Now, I don't know how many fishers we have on the uh, World Wide Web, but I can tell you in our little community here, there's a good bunch of us. <laughs> we love to fish, and we, uh, we know all about boats, and we know about fishing and baiting, the whole nine. And uh, if you can imagine for a moment that here we are on the shore of this lake and if Peter and John and James are cleaning their nets and their boats are there the water has got to be very calm so they're kind of probably in a harbor area of the lake or a little cove uh, somewhere where the lake isn't really rustled around and perhaps around on the the land it kind of has a horseshoe shape um, perhaps maybe even the land goes up a little bit and that's why uh, Jesus asked uh, Peter to, to push the boat out a little bit. 
and between that scenery and that 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 stillness in the air and Jesus just sitting there in the boat teaching you could just hear God's word just echoing off the waters and echoing around the the rocks and the hills around almost uh, like an amphitheater if you will and it's it's just a beautiful beautiful picture now there's something really interesting about this message this this part of Luke that when I first was reading in Luke uh, when I first was saved and going through and growing up in in the church um, from my uh, younger 20 days um, I never realized something and that was that this was not the first time that Peter had been introduced to Jesus I was always I guess you want to say taught that this was their first encounter and that solely and solely alone based on the fact of the fish that was the reason why Jesus had I'm sorry the reason why Peter uh, gave his life and forsook all and followed the Lord but chronologically speaking if we look at the Bible and we go to John chapter 1 and I'm going to start at verse 35 I'm going to read through we find that Peter met Jesus prior to this encounter at the lake. And I think it gives a whole new light to this scripture and to this message. John chapter 1 verse 35. The next day again John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, if we go back to Luke, and we see now that Peter has already met Jesus. He knows Jesus is the Messiah. He knows Jesus is the Christ. And if you can if you can bear with me for a moment, but I want to take you back some 2000 years ago. I want to put you in the life of a Jewish man during that time. And a Jewish man raised and and growing up in that time would have very good knowledge of the scriptures. The, his mother and father would have taught him the scriptures, particularly his father. Um, they would know a lot of the scriptures by heart because they didn't have Bibles to carry around with them. And uh, the Torah itself, the scriptures itself, was usually kept in synagogues or at the actual temple. Um, very big and bulky. It's not something you could carry around. So a lot of families had a lot of the scriptures memorized. They taught it to their children. It had been this way for thousands of years. 
everybody during this time period was literally on pins and needles waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the Christ. Why? Because it had been almost 400 years since God had sent a prophet to Israel. And they knew the time was coming. They knew the time was soon. And so here, Andrew comes and he grabs Peter and he goes, Dude, we found the Messiah. The Christ is here. And Peter gets to meet him. He even gives Peter his name. And what does Peter do the next day? This is, It blows my mind, but at the same time, it's such a great representation of of us modern day Christians a lot of times. And, and I throw myself into this bunch here. I don't single myself out. We go and we just go right back to our daily norm. Oh, the Messiah here. The Christ is here. Awesome. Dude, I've got to get up so early tomorrow. Uh, and, and i got to get out there. And I've got to fish all night. Man, I haven't caught anything all week. And my family needs to be fed. Uh, we need money. And the bills are coming up. And so what does Peter do? I'm sure he tells John and James about it. And all three of them, they, they go out and they fish all night. And they catch absolutely nothing. And here comes Jesus the next morning. And he sees Peter's boat and he goes, Ha ha! Father led him right to Peter. And of course Jesus, always being in the will of Father, walks right up, picks Peter's boat, says, You know what? Cast your boat out a little bit. I'm going to teach for a little bit. And here's the other funny part. What are Peter, John, and James doing while Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, who everybody is waiting for, what are they doing? They're cleaning their nets while he's teaching. Now, if somebody was cleaning their nets during a sermon, I might be a bit perturbed. <laughs> I might be a bit distracted. I would still go on. <laughs> But I'm human, and I'd, I'd probably, I might say something, but not Jesus. No, Jesus just keeps going, always in the will of the Father, always patient, always loving. And when he gets done, he says to them, and he says to Peter, launch out into the deep, out into the lake, and let down your nets for a catch. And what does Peter say? First thing he says, and this is really important, he says, Master. Now, Master was not a, a common name. It's not something someone would just roll off their tongue like rabbi, which would mean teacher. He doesn't say rabbi. He didn't say teacher. He said Master. He's addressing Jesus as the Christ. He is addressing Jesus as God. Master. What does Jesus say? You can only serve two masters, right? He addresses Jesus as Master. And then Peter shows our humanity. He says, Man, we've toiled all night. We didn't catch anything. Dude, I just got done cleaning the nets. You know this. You were you were watching me while you were teaching. I was listening to you. But you know what? Nevertheless, at your word, I'll go let down the nets. And this is a, is a huge defining moment. 
in Peter's life. And for a minute here, again, I want to just walk you through something here. If you look at Peter meeting Jesus, being told by Andrew that he is the Christ, he is the Messiah, it's the concept of knowing and agreeing that Jesus is the Messiah. And we find that in today's modern church a lot. Many have the concept, they know, they agree, they believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He died for our sins. But there's a difference between knowing and agreeing and actually bringing ourselves to the cross. And if we see here, the first encounter that Peter has with Jesus is a knowing and agreeing moment. In his mind, he recognizes and thinks it through and says, yes, I agree. I agree with the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. I believe it. Time to go to work. How many folks who are Christians today live their lives in such a way? I did for so many years. Probably close to 15. I I attended church every Sunday. I even sang in the choir. Um, I volunteered. I church hopped. (laughs) I, I did it all. And yet, I had a concept. I knew, I agreed with the fact that, yep, I believe Jesus is the Christ. But I refused to let it transform my life. I had head knowledge, but I was lacking something very important. That heart knowledge. I had skipped a very important process, and that was bringing myself to the cross. And so, we see here this defining moment where Peter is going from head knowledge to actually opening his heart as Jesus is knocking and not only letting him in, but, of course, Peter being in Christ. And so they they head out in his first act of obedience and they start catching all these fish. Now you gotta you gotta think, Peter's been doing this all his life. It's all he's known. It's his trade. It's his life. It's his job. His income, whatever you want to call it. And never in his life has he ever probably seen so many fish caught up in the nets that they would start to break, that it would cause both boats to sink, especially when he knew that there was no fish there some just couple hours ago. This was a miracle that spoke to Peter's heart. It may not speak to all of our hearts, because some of us may not be fishers. So apply it to the part of your life, and imagine that Jesus is doing this for you in whatever is your area of work, whatever is in your area of life. And all of a sudden, he brings in an abundance of whatever would turn your heart, capture your full and undivided attention. 
And at this defining moment, Peter falls to his knees amongst all the fish. You want to talk about humble. He falls to his knees amongst an overflowing amount of fish, bows his head, and he says to Jesus, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And this is Peter going to the cross. He says, I'm a sinner. Romans tells us, Paul tells us in Romans, for we have all sinned and we all fall short of the grace of God. And at this point, Peter is recognizing it. It's not just head knowledge anymore. It's heart knowledge. He sees it. He feels it in his heart. It hurts. It stings. And it humbles him. It brings him to his weakest moment of his life. A breaking point. And he says, Lord, depart from me. I don't deserve to be in your presence. I don't deserve this reward of these fish. I don't deserve your love. And of course, we know this to be called grace. It's all of what Jesus was made of. It's who he is. This is grace at its finest moment. And what does Jesus say? He says, do not be afraid. I love that. Do not be afraid. Because you know what? From now on, you're not going to catch fish. You're going to catch men. You've acknowledged you're a sinner. You've opened your heart to me. And now you will live in me. In Christ. And so when they get back to land, they forsake everything. And they follow Him. And this is really important. I wrote a devotion earlier in the week. If those of you who follow the devotions about how a lot of times as believers we acknowledge and repent for our sins but we leave it at that point. We forsake our sins but we forget to forsake our lives. Jesus doesn't want part of us. He don't want just our sins. Father wants everything back in Christ. In Christ. Hallelujah. We are to be in Christ. Paul says we are to die daily. That is to forsake our lives. Forsake the old man. Die to him or her. For you women, I'm sorry. (laughs) I apologize. We are to die to ourselves. Forsake it all. Our jobs. The money. Even our families. Our loved ones. God is supposed to be first. Jesus is the center. You are to love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. I'm sorry, your soul and your mind. And likewise, you are to love your neighbor as yourself. The only way that is to be accomplished is if Jesus is the center of your life, that you have forsaken everything of yourself. Otherwise, it is utterly impossible 
to do it on our own. If it was possible to do it on our own, we wouldn't need the Messiah. We wouldn't need a Savior. We could accomplish it through the law. I know, another sermon for another time. I tangent. We are to forsake everything. Lay it at His feet. Give it all to Him. That is how we are in Christ and He is in us. It's because we are not holding on to anything of our previous life anymore. We are completely 100% in Him. In the presence of Father. And again, if you've been reading devotions this week, you'll know I've been throwing the scripture out about every devotion. And at this time of year, I find it's just so important. It's, It's the gospel call. And it's so, so important that we put this in our hearts. This is all about forsaking everything. When Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. That is the rest of the Father. That is the rest of God Himself. That is the true Sabbath rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Cannot learn from our Lord, our Savior, if we are hanging on to our old lives. If we have not forsaken everything, we will learn nothing. Just as Peter probably learned nothing that day as he was busy cleaning his nets. He was so focused on cleaning his nets. He heard the sermon. It did not impact his life yet. Yet. Come to me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Unlike the world, the burden is heavy. It is burdensome. It is tiring. It is stressful. It fills us with stress and anxiety, worries and concerns. And all Father wants is us to find rest in Him. He wants us to follow Him every single day for all of eternity. He wants us to be transformed. He wants us to be in Him, in Christ. As Paul says over and over again in his letters, You who are in Christ. It is not just Christ in us. It is us in Christ. And that is the forsaking of everything. Not just our sins, but our entire lives. We lay it at His feet. We trust completely in our Creator and our Father through and in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. My prayer for everybody today is that we listen to that call. We listen to Him call and pull on our hearts. And we follow. We forsake. We give it all to Him. And we trust completely in Him. Do not look to the past. Very popular at this time of year. Do not look to the past. Do not look to the future. 
Your future is in Christ. It is in His hands. We are to wait upon the Lord. Live in Christ today. Listen to the Holy Spirit moving in and through you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.